a town born when the tracks of the Fremont, Elkhorn, and Missouri Valley Railroad arrived in June of 1888 and named for nearby Fort Casper, Casper, Wyoming is the subject of episode 56, and it starts right now. Welcome to the Family Vacationer with Rob and Danny, the go-to podcast for families on the move. Welcome, friends. I'm Rob, and this is episode 56 of the Family Vacationer. Danny is on assignment at Disney World. We're looking forward to hearing all about that trip. But if you enjoy the show, we'd love for you to tell your friends about us. You can follow the show on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. If there's a city or a destination that you'd like us to cover on the show, drop me a line at rob at thefamilyvacationer.live. Today, we take a look at Casper, Wyoming. The city is the second largest city in Wyoming and sits at the foot of Casper Mountain, at the north end of the Laramie Mountain Range, and along the North Plate River. Now, if you're a history buff like me, Casper is an interesting city. It was established on the former Fort Casper, as we mentioned earlier, which was built during the mid-19th century mass migration of land seekers along the Oregon Trail. The city was established by developers as an anticipated stopping point during the Wyoming Central Railway expansion. Casper carries the moniker as the oil city due to many oil booms in the area. Now, as you can imagine, there are many museums in the area that celebrate Casper's rich history, and we'll talk about those in a minute. Joining me today to talk about Casper is Brooke Kaufman. Brooke is CEO of Visit Casper. Brooke has a strong love for Wyoming. And she also serves as a member of the Natrona County Commission, where she works with community members to find creative solutions for impossible problems, while also helping to make Casper a wonderful place to live, work, and visit. When she's not at work, you can find her out for a run on Casper's many trails, reading or planning her next adventure. Brooke, welcome to the show. Rob, thanks so much for having me today. So as I was traveling out west, we made a stop in Casper. Uh, we enjoyed our stay, but in your mind, what makes Casper a family travel destination all its own? I think a couple things, Rob. That's such a great question. I think number one is the accessibility. So we obviously have an abundance of outdoor rec opportunities that aren't very expensive and they're not very hard. I think you could be a novice or somebody that's intermediate and, and access some of those things outdoors. But then we just have a unique array of museums and indoor activities too. So I would say that we're uh, maybe it's budget friendly too. So I would say we're easily accessible for people with families and then it's not going to break the bank to get them here. Awesome. Well, let's talk about the top attractions for families in and around the city. So, so many, I think it depends. So if we want to start with some outdoor stuff, we have Casper Mountain, which is about 10 minutes from our downtown area. So that's really unique for us. You can go up and do a day trip and hike, or you can do picnicking. There's so much to do up there, take your mountain bikes. Uh, in the winter, some neat things is we do have a downhill ski hill, so people can do downhill skiing. And then Nordic skiing, so we have a lit path so if you want to put your Nordic skis on and ski at night, you can do that too. So it, it just depends. So outdoor, I would say that some of our top attractions in the market for indoor, uh, we are really lucky. We have the National Historic Interpretive Center. So it's a historic museum. It's 20 years old next year, but it tells the story of the great American West and the pioneers who traveled and Actually, Casper is really unique in the sense that four trails converge here. Right. So it's, it's, it's a really, that museum does a great job of telling the story of the people who made the trek west for a better life. Awesome. And so when it comes to museums, so I've got a, I've got a five-year-old and an 11-year-old. I love history. I'm trying to get them to, to have a love for history. With the museums in Casper, are they interactive? Is it something that, that kids can, 
you know, a, a basically all ages can, can find something to, to enjoy? So I'm glad that you brought that up. So we have a museum here in town. It's called the Tate. So it's attached to our community college and they have, it's, it's a dinosaur. I would say it's got a little bit more than that, but dinosaur museum. So you can see 11,000 year old dinosaur D mm. and then they've also got one out in their dig shed. So you can go on dinosaur digs, you can meet D. So I would say really kid stuff is hu- like hyper-focused on the Tate museum. We also have a science down that just does a great job with experiments and fun interactive displays for kids and things they can actually get their hands on. Right. The trail center, what I love about it to talk about interactive is they've got a little theater in the, one of the exhibits that the temperature drops really cold and you feel like that you're out in the blizzard that they got stuck in, or you get in the wagon and you ride across the ruts and it's up and down. So a lot of our museums do a great job being interactive. That's awesome. You know, I, and as my kids are learning about different things in American history, you know, I like to be able, the idea is to try to get them out there so they can see it and, and touch it and not just read about it in a book. So that's very exciting that, that you have those opportunities. Um, for me, it's also fun to talk about towns that actually have four seasons. Um, here in the South, we have two real seasons, and then there's there's like 16 others that last about a day, including fall. Um, there's false fall, and then, anyway. Um, but can you talk about the, the personality of Casper as, as the seasons change? Absolutely. And I, I don't, I love this place, but I do understand that sometimes the season can happen in about 90 seconds. So <laughs> I have to be authentic and honest when I represent this place as well. So sometimes we zoom right past spring and we zoom right past fall. <laughs> right. However, somewhere in the middle is some really amazing things. So what are the things I love most? We can start with summer. You can do obviously mountain biking, camping, hiking on Casper mountain. Uh, we've got some reservoirs near 30, within 30 miles of here that you can get on a boat or rent jet skis. And we also host college national finals rodeo in June. So I will say that week of June is one of the most vibrant in our community. So you see 400 cowboys and cowgirls and their families, and they just converge on Casper and they're all downtown and they're all with their like animals and trucks. And (laughs) it's one of the coolest times to be in our community is during CNFR. So I would say we're very vibrant and, you know, and it depends of, you know, where, if you're listening, if you come from a place, I wouldn't say we have extreme climate, but we do have four seasons and winters can be tough. Right. So it feels like things are very alive and uh, accessible in the summer. And if you love outdoor rec, this is a destination that you would definitely want to experience. Right. One of the things I think is worth mentioning is fall here. And one of the things that we haven't talked yet about, but we are blue ribbon waters through here, mm. which means that there's 3000 to 5,000 fish per square mile. And, you know, we've been named best big trout destination in the United States. It's, it's really a world-class fishery here. Right. So it's neat when you see families go out and the kids have, you know, for the first time they're doing the line and they catch their fish. And if you go in the fall, I've heard that sometimes you catch so many fish that you're, you wear your shoulder out and then you are fatigued and then you have to quit for the day. So that's, that's wow. the kind of fishery. Yeah. That we have, but there's great camping. And then we have this cool thing. If you want to experience some history, it's a, wagon ride. So you can go out for two hours, you can go out for four hours through National Historic Trails West, and you get to do the Dutch oven cooking, see the teepees, ride in the wagon. If you're going to ride more than two hours, you better have your backside ready for that hardwood <laughs> and, the, and the tires that go around. Like, But it's people love that. I mean, it's really, if you want to experience what the pioneers did when they made their way west, that's yeah. a great way to do That's it. the authentic experience, not the tourist experience, right? you you have to be prepared but people come back and they can't believe it rob they're like that was the best thing i've ever done right right. so that's definitely worth checking out (laughs) awesome 
Well, you know, with the pandemic, one of the things that, that I have missed the most is festivals. And, you know, those are coming back slowly. But can you talk about some of the festivals that go on in and around Casper? Yeah, so it it was a hard year. That's what's been so fun about 2021 is it does feel like it's the comeback of the festivals. So we actually just had one in our downtown core. So I'm, I'm not sure if your listeners would remember this, but we were on the center line of the total solar eclipse in 2017. Mm. So we saw tens of thousands of people convene on our downtown area. So we said, how do we capitalize on this or how do we keep something like this going? And that's when we bird the 5150 festival. So that's our hyper local, always at the end of August every year. And it's great music outside in our downtown plaza, lots of vendors. I think there's probably some beer for mom and dad. <laughs> uh, so, so that's been a big one. We do Bear Trap Festival also. Is, oh gosh, that festival's over 20 years old. It's on top of Castor Mountain and it's bluegrass. So that's super vibey where you take your chairs and your kids and you eat you know, out of food trucks or take your own. So that's kind of a neat one too. Central I'm at Barron Rodeo. We see around 140,000 people go through that turnstile. We see t- season ticket holders from all over the world and they have a really neat fair all week long with the rodeo. So that's, that's a must in July and then college national finals too. So there's big events that go on with that. So I would say for a community, our size, we do a really good job of live music and outdoor events. We have a neat plaza that nearly every day of the week in the summer they've got a free activity for families to take part in so it's a it's a hop and scene awesome well i know when i visited um casper downtown casper was cool it was an interesting mix of like what you imagine the old west old wild west being plus like a, a vibey downtown area what are some of the places downtown that families should definitely go to make sure that they didn't miss like restaurants or attractions things that you, i think you've mentioned a couple already I, there's been a real renaissance in Casper. So I like to tell people, if you haven't been to Casper lately, you really haven't been. So that eclipse was a huge catalyst in our community that a lot of restaurants came online, a lot of retail launched around that time just to take advantage. And we've been fortunate that we've got to keep a lot of those. So I would say some must would be Lou Talbert's. So they've got 10,000 pair of cowboy boots and nine floors of Western where they turned just a hundred years old, not that long ago. So a store that I would say is a don't miss. Okay. As far as a couple restaurants, uh, HQ Barbecue is always rated some of the top barbecue or the top barbecue in the state of Wyoming. So that's a good one for us. Uh, Eggington's is a cute little breakfast place. And we've got some neat restaurants on the east side, like Fire Rock and Wyoming Ale Works. Those are all local. And on the west side, Silver Fox. So I would say that's one of my favorites. And that's good. That's what you would expect from Wyoming Fair when you come to Wyoming. Right. And so you're kind of, this is a good segue. We always love talking about food. Um, you've mentioned some good restaurants. I imagine this could just be my perception, but I imagine a good steak is pretty easy to find in Casper, right? Yes, you would typically think that that would be our mo. Would be go to a great steakhouse, and we do have the we have world class, like super good. Right. But honestly, I think for capital, we have more Thai and Chinese restaurants. So really? apparently, the people who live here want to eat Thai and Chinese, but the visitors <laughs> when they come, they want the big old steak. So. Okay, well, that's good to see. That's that's why we do the show right there. That's perfect. Well, are there are, in the middle. are there any local dishes that are unique to the area that people from like you know the south like me should try when we come to Casper? I almost hate to tell you this one because I don't <laughs> want them to run out. Like it's so good. So there's probably a ton, but the one that I'd speak to that I think is very sinful and delightful is they have um, bacon knots at Silver Fox, and they're like brown sugar candied strips of bacon tied oh in it. So you, like, if you just want to have a delightful mess in your mouth, it is bacon knots <laughs> for sure. Like, it, like 
so good. So I would say it's those. I'm sure there's a ton of others, but that's the one that comes to mind for me. Awesome. Well, and you've already touched on this, so this may be kind of repetitive, but uh, again, talking about history, how do you recommend families trying to learn about the history of the area? It could be museums, but there could be landmarks that, you know, that are worth a stop. What's the best way to take in the history of Casper? So I think a really great place to start is the National Historic Trail Center because it will walk you through the history and the timeline of, of the pioneers and what they went through and the experiences that they had, the importance of Independence Rock, the importance of the Mormon Handcart Center and Sun Ranch. So all of the things that are important historically to us, the story first gets told at the trail center. Right. And then from there, I think it's a really neat option to either get on the wagon with Morris and go ride the actual ruts of the Oregon Trail or, you know, you go 50 miles west of town and you can see Independence Rock. And when you walk up to that, you can still see people's names when they carve their names to said, I made it right mm. by the 4th of July and I'm going to, I'm going to continue on. So it's such an emotional thing. And right. I, every time I go to Independence Rock, I kind of wish it had like the flags of Mount Rushmore. To me, it deserves to be really celebrated as a place. But it, if you just get in there and even climb on top of the rock and you see those names, you're like people before me really they struggled and it meant a lot to them to come to the West. And I think it's a neat way just to plug into who, who we used to be and, you know, the shoulders that we stand on to be here today. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot. What I'm a two part question. What do you love most about your city of Casper? My favorite thing. Thank you for asking this. I don't get to talk about this very often because usually we're helping people find what would be their favorite thing. Sure. Uh, I think the neat thing about our place is the accessibility. So my favorite days here are when I can, get up and go to the to the mountain and I can do the bridal trail and then I come back down have a lunch and then I can drive out to Alcova reservoir and I can walk onto a boat and I can spend five or six hours on the lake and then I drive home so everything is so accessible here and it's just within driving distance and it's not it's not you know overflowing with people where you need a reservation eight months in advance to be able to experience something right it's we're just really open and Lots of opportunity to experience the great outdoors. So that's my favorite thing about this city is our accessibility. Awesome. Well, you, you kind of answered my second question. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw you for a loop. I did, this one wasn't one of the ones I put down, but if you Ooh. had to, if you, if you were trying to describe Casper to someone, talk a little bit about the personality of the city. You, you've mentioned little bits and pieces, but how would you encapsulate that in a personality? I would, and maybe this is ripping off a buck belt, buckle belt buckle I saw somewhere, but I feel like Wyoming is what America used to be, right? So I feel like there's still down home values. And every time we do a research project out of my office, the number one thing that comes back is that our destination is friendly. I mean, when we, 80% of people walking in my visitor center this year are people who want to move here, Mm -hmm. right? And they want to move here because they're valuing something that they don't feel like they're getting in the place that they live today. And I think it's connection and we're still a size that you can be engaged in a community and you can feel like you belong to a place. So I, I would say if we're, we're safe, we're open, we're caring, we're, I, I don't know. I guess the, uh, the only way I know how to say it is probably what it feels like America used to be, right? We're just a little bit slower pace and I don't know, still trying to do right by our neighbors and our friends. Well, I'll tell you, I, I only had a day to spend there as we talked about, but the people there were really, I mean, just enough to where only spending a day there, it left a mark on me how friendly these people were. And, you know, there are plenty of places that, that have great amenities uh, as far as destinations go, but what really makes the difference is the people. So that's fantastic. And I, I appreciate that, that uh, personality description. 
Yeah, we hear it all the time. And thanks for throwing me a curveball. I was like, ooh, we have many. Ooh. <laughs> um, and I forgot to ask you this, but can you tell me where, because we, how we normally end is just sending people back to your website. So is that where you'd want them to go? Yep. Uh, yeah, so more information at visitcasper.com. So everything you'd want to know about the destination uh, and then also upcoming calendar events. And then if you feel like it's relevant, put this in. We did earlier this year because so many people want to move here. I'm sure you're hearing this from a lot of your destinations. We mm -hmm. did launch choosecpr.com. If people want the nitty gritty on the destination, like housing prices, unemployment, school districts, all that stuff. For more information on visiting Casper, consult your travel agent and consult visitcasper.com and choosecpr.com. Brooke, thank you so much for being on the show. You were delightful. And thanks for just letting me get to know you a little bit better. I appreciate what you do in the world. You know, traveling today can feel complicated. As a certified travel associate, I'd love to help you plan your next family vacation. My services are always free to my clients. Just drop me a line at rjones at starstufftravel.com. Well, that does it for this week's show. Next week, we'll be visiting the Field of Dreams as we take a look at Dyersville, Iowa. Till next time. Thank you for listening to The Family Vacationer. Make sure and subscribe to hear more of Rob and Danny.